Good welcome everyone here this morning. Happy Mother's Day for all the mothers. Should we open with uh, 256?
Shall we humble our hearts in a word of prayer? Our dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for a beautiful sunny morning. We thank you for a little bit of rain that you have blessed us with. We ask this morning that your spirit would be in our midst, that it would lead and guide, that it would open the word for the speaker and open his lips that he could bring forth a message from your heart. We ask that that spirit would also work in each of our hearts and that it would open them and our ears, that that word, we could hear it and that it could rest in our hearts and that it could work there and bring forth fruit to your honor and to your glory. We ask this morning that as we celebrate this, what we call Mother's Day, that you would be with those who are mothers, that you would bless them with wisdom, and that you would bless them with hearts that would seek your guidance, bless them with patience, that you would lead them, that they would find that it is important to share that message of salvation, that message of Christ with those little ones, and that you would put upon their hearts and their minds the importance that you would put in what they do, and that they could feel that it is a most valuable position that they have, and that you would bless it. We ask that you would be with our nation, that you would be with our communities, that you would bless us, that we would be able to continue to fellowship openly and in freedom, and that those who today can't be around your word are unable to gather, whether it be for sickness, distance, whatever, that you would be with them and that your presence could be felt with their heart and that you would bless them with allowing them to feel your nearness. We ask these things in Jesus' name, who's taught us to pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Somebody have a song we can continue with?
everybody out this morning. Such a beautiful morning. For a text this morning, I'll read from the 21st chapter of Revelations. And as Shane maybe already mentioned, I don't remember if he did it this morning, but he's mentioned it before that pray for the speakers. Pray for us up here and trying to I'm going to have to renovate this something up here a little bit. My Bible slides down here by my belt buckle. Pray for those of us that are up here trying to read God's word and get something out of it. So I'll read Oh, I'm not sure where to stop here. First 15 verses. 21st chapter of Revelations. Reading these words in Jesus' name. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. For her husband. And, I, and I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, no, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these things, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water, of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, the whoremongers, the sorcerers, the idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And there came unto me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials, full of the, full of the seven last plagues, and talked with me, saying, Come hither, I will show thee, show thee the bride, the Lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain, and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. Having the glory of God, and her light was like unto a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal, and had a great wall, and had a wall great and high, and had twelve gates, and at the gates twelve angels, and the names written thereon, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. On the east three gates, on the north three gates, on the south three gates, and on the west three gates. And the wall of the city had twelve foundations. And in them the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. And he that talked with me had a golden reed to measure the city and the gates thereof and the wall thereof. And the city lieth four square. Oh, pardon me. That's where I was going to finish. The gates thereof and the wall thereof. Amen. Greetings of grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father. And from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ be multiplied. And here with us this morning, now and forever. Amen. I guess as we sang that first song, a Mother's Day song, 
I, I'm not, I'm not leaving our wives out, but I'm more thinking of my mother. And I guess we all, all think of our mothers and, and I remember when, when our mother passed away there and all of us siblings got together and we were talking and arranging things for the funeral. And Brother Russ said that, <coughs> that, and I, and I've always, I've always felt that way, but I've never, never put it into words or heard it put into words. But he said of, of our mother that we were, we as a bunch of siblings and children were most fortunate to have the mother we had. It somehow struck me quite deeply when he said that. She, I think Shane mentioned it in his prayer this morning, that this, this position that mothers are given is quite an amazing thing. And our mother took that position she had been given very seriously. And I know she wasn't perfect, but when it comes to raising children and her her influence in our natural walk and our spiritual walk, She was very vigilant. And we sing of when I stood at mother's knee with her hand upon my brow and I don't know if if that applies physically but we know that when mothers take their position seriously the, the, the world has, has gone in exactly and totally backwards nowadays. We have the women out winning the bread, so to speak, and and uh, the men changing the diapers. And it's absolutely opposite of the way the scriptures teach us. Women are supposed to be guiding the home, raising the children, and the men are supposed to be out taking an oil rig down the side of a mountain without upsetting it, so to speak. And... We had a mother that did her best to do as the scriptures say to do. We have a, a thinking and a theory out there today that if we, if the word says to do something and we try to do it, there are there are many people these days that say that well you're you're a legalist and you're trying to work out your salvation. It's it's. It's totally false. It has nothing to do with it. We're, we're striving to live the way the Word tells us we should live. And that's as simple as that. And what prompts us to choose a text, I don't know. But I had a conversation with a fellow the other day. I called him about a, my, my greatest weakness is old cars and and he had a whole bunch of junk for sale and, and some old vehicles besides. So he didn't name them off, so I had to give him a call. So he just what he had. But we got into a conversation because he's 
88 years old, and he's down there west of Airdrie, about 10 miles, I guess. And we talked a little bit about things of eternal life. And he said he grew up down in the big muddy country south of Regina, not far from the Montana border, and a large family, and he was, I forget now if he was about in the middle of the children, and, and he said that he used to, they used to, well, I, I, I asked him about his, about his, uh, I guess, what happens when this life is over, because I don't know how it came up, but anyways, well, he, he said he grew up in, in those days, a pioneer family, and, and ministers would come around once in a while and hold school, in the, or hold church in the local school, and, and, and then through his life, he's not spent any time in these kind of matters, except, he says, going to the odd funeral and things like this, weddings and funerals. He hears a little bit about the Word of God. And he's totally left it to the side and feels that if you help your neighbors and do, do things like this, that... You'll live a good life. He, he has he has no idea that there's an eternity out there, and basically said that when we pass from this life, we well we have the choice, I guess, is how how we must think. But anyways, he talks about being cremated and you know, a few few handfuls of ashes left, and you can do what you want with them. And this is it. I had a good talk with him. I, it was easy to talk to, but when I hung up the phone, I just had a heaviness. I don't know if people think this word of God is a myth or a fairy tale or if some extremely, extremely intelligent person could put it together and, and come up with what we have here before us. But it's not that way. And I guess we can't we can't even measure blessings that God has given us. And that that one blessing that He's given us out of countless blessings is that He's given us faith to believe this word. It isn't a myth. It isn't just a, a story some smart man put together. It all ties together from, from the first chapter to the last. It all ties together. It tells us about, as old brother Carl Judy used to say, I hell to show you. And I happen to gain and look forward to and anticipate. It tells us this all through, right from the beginning to the end. Do we believe this because of our own intelligence or because we took a course or went to Bible college or whatever? We don't. We don't. 
I believe it because God gives us faith to believe it. What a blessing. So, we'll go through this text and praying that God would open something to us. Starts off, John is, we all know that John is exiled to the Isle of Patmos for for his understandings and his faith. And what happened there was totally against the reasons that he was sent there. When when you're banished from people and civilization and, and whatever he was banished from, you'd think it would be a the end of all things. God gave him this this revelation, and this revelation is is the Lord Jesus Christ revealed to us. So John here writes, and and I have to say that reading Revelation, I, I said to Beth on the way over that I, I wish I could understand just a little bit of it. We have to have that faith that God will open to us what we need to make it through this life, reach heaven, to reach heaven's shore. He says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth, and the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. You know that all through the scriptures we we have that and we anticipate that. that we want to reach heaven's shore. We want we want to get there. And the more we try to get there on our own understanding and our own strength, the further away we find we are. And as it as it says here, and it says in many places that the the kingdom of God is within you. The word of God works from within us. And and it isn't it isn't an outward thing that that we can go and purchase or, or acquire it some other way. We we have to be diligent in faith. We have to be diligent in reading this word, understanding this word, discussing it with our peers and friends and neighbors and whatever, other believers. And little things are open to us here and there. Little things that are necessary. This this new Jerusalem John speaks about. It's after this life and this world pass away. It's it's talking about in the future. We, this this hasn't happened yet. But John was was given this revelation that the first earth, first heaven and the first earth were passed away. We we know that we go back to to uh, the very first chapters in the Bible and talking talking about how this how this world came to be. And I, I I quoted from this book that the old 
our old preacher, Andrew Michelson, wrote back in 72. And then I thought, well, I better brush up a little on, on what he says about some things because it's been so many years, maybe 30 years since I read it the last time. But anyways, he, he writes of how several chapters of how, how people have rejected this word. They don't want to, as, as it says in the first chapter, I think it's the first chapter of Romans, how they don't want to retain God in their knowledge. And it's to their detriment, because it says then, when they don't want to retain him in their knowledge, he, God, gives them over to a reprobate mind. So where are we then? We've rejected him. We, he's, he's not a part of my life. I don't want to have anything to do with this. We had a neighbor when we first moved there 43 years ago that didn't put it in so many words, but he made it plain to us that he's not interested in anything to do with Christianity or the Word of God. And so... It poured a pretty big bucket of cold water on our relationship right from the start. But these are the things we don't understand. We we, uh, work with them and are, are troubled about them maybe for years at a time. This is this world. This is the first heaven and the first earth that are going to pass away. And, and as, I, as I mentioned there, that in the first chapters of, of, of the Bible, it talks about the, how the earth was formed and the creatures were formed and, and the land, lands came together and separated from the waters and these things. That's this earth. That's this world. The earth was populated, and, and I'm no expert on it, but how, how many people were on earth, God was grieved with, with that. Grieved that he had made man. Grieved that he had, that man had, I don't know how grieved he was that he had created us, but he was certainly grieved at the way we went. And I'm sure he's just as grieved today at the way people are going. The whole world is going that way. But he destroys the world by flood. And, and man then repopulates the earth. And the second time around, he's going to destroy it with fire. The word tells us. That's, that's this earth that is going to pass away. John, John sees this as, as, as though it's already happened. The first earth, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. There are those that, there was a, there was a man came into my yard once. And they, they come around occasionally. I haven't seen them for many years now, but he thought I had an awful nice yard. And, and he, he thinks that when this system of things is over, he, he'd like a place like that to spend eternity. And maybe I was a little sarcastic with him, but I, I said, well, you can have it because I'm going on to better things. This earth... And, and if you have a beautiful yard or, or a horse or whatever you might have in this world, all our possessions, they pale compared to what heaven offers. This is, this is the old world. This is the, 
the first heaven and the first earth, and they're going to pass away. And the scriptures tell us they're going to melt with fervent heat. And I don't, I, I guess in my way I think, I, I, I kind of wonder how, how is that going to happen? And, and I, I'm not here to say how it's going to happen, but I've just thought of that, that if the earth were to go off course, or the planets, uh, of which you are, we are one of them, and head towards the sun, we would melt with fervent heat. God doesn't have to do that. He can, he can do it any way he pleases. But it's going to pass away. All our possessions, whatever we might have here built up, is going to just disappear. I, I think it's going to be like a vapor. And this is not the end, as this man down in Airdrie thinks. That when we pass from this life, it's the end. Just like an animal turned back into sod and grass or whatever it might be growing on us. And that's it. The first heaven and the first earth have passed away, John says, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. We see in, I guess I quote this often, um, fifth chapter of Ephesians and it talks about man and wife and Here. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is, and be not drunk with wine where is in excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, Submit, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let wives be subject, be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify it and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself, for no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. 
For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. So, so he compares natural marriage to our, our spiritual marriage to, to Christ, and, and we are part of this bride, we are part of this church. He says he saw the holy city coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. Well, here I just read how, how Jesus presents, Jesus sanctifies and cleanses this church with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but, it, but that it would be holy and without blemish. And, and I guess in my own mind, and I've said it before, how we think that Jesus would turn this beautiful bride of his church to the world and show them the beauty of her. It says he turns it to himself and says to himself, look at my beautiful bride. The world doesn't see it. He sees this, John sees this city coming out of, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride for her husband. God, Jesus, Jesus prepares this bride of his for himself. He's the husband. And we know, each of us knows, every day of our lives, there's little things we can learn and little lessons for us. That, that's the preparing. He's, he's refining the gold. Uh, I've mentioned before how, how I've melted down lead. I've never had enough gold to mention, melt very much, but I've melted down lead because I'm a plumber and, and uh, the scientific name for, for lead is plumb. You melt it down and it becomes just a beautiful, beautiful shimmering surface in this little cast iron bowl or whatever you melted it down in. And the impurities come out. They come popping to the surface. One little metal filing, so small you can hardly see it, pops to the surface and you can skim it off. That's the refining of the gold. I'm sure gold is almost exactly like lead to melt down. But... That's the refining. The, the bad stuff. The metal filings, the, the, the dross, comes to the surface and it gets skimmed off. And you have the, the purity. When, when you put the heat to that metal, it becomes more and more pure. And that's the refining of the gold the, the scriptures speak about. That's Jesus preparing this bride. For her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. Wasn't that, wasn't that the covenant God gave Abraham? I will be your God, and you shall be my people. I will be yours, and you will be mine. 
That's not a myth. That's a promise. And God has never reneged on any promise he's made us. And on the other side, after this life, it says, God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. There shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying. We see a lot of that in this life. We experience it. David said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. That's, that's the walking through this life he's speaking about. The valley of the shadow of death. That, that doesn't mean we go around long-faced and mourning our whole lives. But it's there. It's, it's in this world. And we're part of this world. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. We're not a product of this world when we become a child of God. We're a product of this world when we take on those ways. When we are conformed to this world, like it says, in, where is it, the 12th of Romans, I think. Be not conformed to this world, but rather be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This word renews our mind. We're not like those that don't want to retain God in our knowledge. We want to retain Him in our knowledge. But on the other side, He's going to do these things, wipe away all tears. There won't be any sorrow. There won't be any crying. No more pain. For the former things have passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these things are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. Remember Jesus meets the Samaritan woman at the well. And he offers her this water. And of course, she wants this water, but I don't think she understood what he, what he meant. She was thinking he, he means he's got some, some sort of magic water that she'll never have to thirst again, physically speaking. He's not speaking of that. He's talking about the water of the word of life. The water that has, has power. Power over wrongdoing. Power over the things that are so prevalent around us. Keep our eyes fixed on this word, on, on our Lord and Savior. And we have power over wrongdoing. We have power over sin. We have power over sin in, in, the, in the forgiveness of sins the word speaks about. In the, in the first chapter of Ephesians. Speaking of Jesus, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure which he hath purposed in himself, 
that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in all one, in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are in the, and which are on the earth, even in him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his will, that we should be to the praise of his glory who, tr- who first trusted in Christ. It says we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. We go through this world and, and tally up a list of, of sins and troubles and problems we have. We have forgiveness through the name of Christ. We have forgiveness because he is a risen Savior. And we're, we're given that, that great commission to preach repentance and remission of sins. That, that men would repent of sin. That's, that's, I remember Brother Dick saying that that's what separates us from God. Sin separates us from God. So, so simple. Have, have those sins forgiven. Believe them forgiven. Have a brother or a sister lay hands on you. Pronounce in the name of Jesus. This is why Jesus died. This is why he lives. So that your sins can be forgiven. Believe that. Jesus makes all things new. says, right, for these things are true and faithful. He said unto me, it is done. I am Alpha and Omega. This world was formed at his word. God said, let it happen. Let it be. It happened. We have, the, we have that thinking and theory that this world is I don't even know how many. I don't think anyone has a clue how many billions of years they claim that it must have been since some little thing was spit out in space and it became bigger and bigger. And this is our Earth, then another, and then another countless billions of years. Some little worm the size of a hair, or an eighth of an inch long, started wiggling, and this is how animals started and all these things it takes it takes a lot of faith to believe in these things but when they have nothing else they they have their theories and understandings of all these things this the scriptures teach us that this word created things the word was spoken the almighty word said unto me, it is done, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I am the beginning, I am the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. God, God doesn't and Jesus doesn't measure it out to us, give us a little minute drop here and there. He gives it to us freely. He gives us salvation freely. He gives us forgiveness freely. He gives us that hope of eternal life freely. 
it's his greatest desire to give this to us. And it's just as great a desire of his that we would believe it. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. And I will be his God and he shall be my son. I mentioned there how, how that was the covenant that God, God made with Abraham. That I will be your God and you shall be my people. Abraham goes down, we might say in biblical history, as the father of faith. He believed God. That was accounted unto him for righteousness. And we, we see that greatest of all tests that he was put to when God tells him to sacrifice Isaac upon an altar. If that was me, would I believe in God? Would I believe God? Well, I guess God gives strength to believe. But he makes preparation and tells his men, a group of men, how many, however many there were, to stay back. And he and Isaac will go up and sacrifice and worship. And Isaac says, we have here the fire, we have the, the fuel, the wood. But, Father, where is the sacrifice? God will provide, Abraham says. Some people say that, I, I actually heard it in that many words, that Abraham went up there in full faith and, and full courage and just aggressively goes up the mountain and does this thing because he knew he wouldn't have to sacrifice Isaac. The word doesn't say that. The word teaches us that excuse me. Abraham believed. And Abraham believed that if he slew Isaac with that knife that he had in his hand He believed in a God who would bring that boy back to life again. That's what he believed. He didn't swagger up there knowing that, that he would find a ram caught by his horns in the thicket and use that for his sacrifice. He believed God. He believed in God. So that was the test that Abraham was put to. God says, now I know that you believe he didn't have to say that. He knew. He knew. He's all knowing. But he has that recorded for us. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. I will be his God and he shall be my son. And here we look at the world around us. And I believe our sister Madeline said one time, at Bible study that if people knew anything about hell our churches would be overflowing they would want to hear words of eternal life it says here the fearful the unbelieving the abominable the murderers that's this world 
That's the world we read about in Revelations here, where the, the devil is cast into the world, him and his angels. This is the, the result of their work. We seem, we, or at least I, I think that this is, this is more than we can take. This is more than we can handle. How, how can I battle all these things? Through Jesus Christ we can. Here it says, the fearful, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, the whoremongers, the sorcerers, the idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. In the, in the chapter just before this, 20th chapter, and I don't, I don't understand all these things. It says, I saw thrones and they sat upon them and judgment was given unto them and I saw the souls of men that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. They lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. I believe that thousand years is, is that almost forever that there's been believers and they live and they die and the world goes on. We live and reign with Christ for a thousand years. It's a period of time. It's, it's that period of time each of us has here on earth that we live and reign with him. The rest of the dead live not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that believes. Blessed is holy and holy is he that takes part in that resurrection that we speak of at Easter. When Jesus, we might say physically, lost the battle and was put on the cross. But there was a war in heaven. We read about it. Michael and his angels fought with Satan and his angels and Michael and his angels prevailed. I believe that's the battle that Jesus fought <coughs> against all wrongdoing. And he won. We sing in that song that death could not hold his prey. Jesus, my Savior. Death could not hold him. He, he won in that battle. He won over all wrongdoing. It says here that if we take part in the first resurrection, on such the second death has no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. That's you and I right now. Believe I don't understand the depths of all those things. It says here that Satan will be loosed in the last times. I think we're, we're seeing it. But don't give up faith. Don't give up hope because, because of that. It says these people, all these ones that lists here, it says, they have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Our first death is we, we die here naturally. The second death is when we die spiritually and go to this place of torment. 
I don't want to scare anybody into heaven. But that's what the word says. There came unto me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues, and talked with me, saying, Come hither, I will shew thee the bride, the Lamb's wife. I'm going to show you the church. I'm going to show you this beautiful, beautiful bride. Jesus has accomplished and put together those that believe in him. And he carried me away in the, spirit, in, the, in the spirit to a great high mountain and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. Having the glory of God and her light was like unto a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone clear as crystal. And had a great wall of high and twelve gates. And at the gates twelve angels and names written therein, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. On the, on the east three gates, on the north three gates, on the south three gates, and on the west three gates. And the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and in them there was the name, in them the name of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. And he talked with me, and had a golden rod to measure the city, and the gates thereof, and the wall thereof. And I've just, I've just said this, and I've, I've had it. I guess, I guess it was shown to me. That let's not worry about a physical city there and the gold lined streets and all these things. These precious stones are you and I. The city is made up of that. It's made up of the beautiful people that God has called. And as, as Paul said of his own experience, that I was not disobedient to answer that calling. That this is the city. This is the bride of Christ. The angel says, come hither, I will show thee the bride, the Lamb's wife. I will show you the bride of Christ. And then he, he goes into showing the city built up of precious stones. That's the believers. That's you and I. That's the blessing that comes with answering the call when God calls us and we answer. In Jesus' name, Amen. I'll give you this.
Let us say that, creating which we do believe. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, sitteth on the right hand of God, Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray with and for them who will now partake of the Lord's Holy Supper. Lord Jesus Christ, thou bread of life, grant that thy holy communion may be a blessing to all those who today shall partake of it, that through the power of thy body and blood they may receive peace and comfort to their souls and be strengthened in faith, love, and a lively hope of eternal life. Amen. Truly it is meet, right, and blessed that we should at all times and in all places give thanks unto thee, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup. When he had supped and he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, this cup is a new testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which is and which was and which is to come, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Let us praise our Lord Jesus Christ, God us, saying, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever Amen. The peace of the Lord be with thee. anything, but I guess there is. Jesus Christ, broken for you. Through the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, broken for you. Through the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, broken for you. Through the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, broken for you. Through the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, broken for you
May the body and the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ preserve your bodies and souls unto eternal life. Amen. Praise the Lord for his gracious gift of which you have partaken and proclaim his suffering, his death, his glorious resurrection until he cometh again. Arise and depart in the peace of the Lord. Thank thee, O Lord, Almighty God, that thou hast refreshed us through this salutary gift. We beseech thee that thou of thy mercy would strengthen us through this communion, in faith towards thee, and in fervent love towards one another, through Jesus Christ, thy dear Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Humble your hearts before God and receive the benediction. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.
we have a song we can close with? 89. 89? 